0: gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome all. My guest for today, returning guest, Mr. Ethan, Ethan Indigo. Um, last podcast we did was was a while ago, but it was absolutely, uh, absolutely amazing, absolutely epic. I um, got to talk very little because I was just trying to uh, not have my mind blown, which I rarely succeeded at so i'm very happy to uh to have you back uh for the people who may not know you yet or may not have seen or heard the first one um introduce yourself what do you do what is it's going to be about uh, this time
1: peace everyone peace stein thanks so much for having me on man i'm i'm honored to speak with you once again well i i'm i'm an author and a philosopher and i guess A lot of my writing, uh, be it simple or profound or a combination of both, uh, I like to think is focused on uh, instigation of raising consciousness. Um, And the four pattern or the four grammar or different ways to look at it um, has been something that has been a great simple and profound basis for formulating a lot of concepts um, that i've been writing about and presenting and so yeah i've got a few books now and just finished the fourth initiation
0: awesome awesome yeah the the number four and everything connected to it is what we uh, talked about last time and since then i've been seeing it pop up everywhere um i've been watching a uh or trying to make my way through a video um more about um like the, the esoteric side of christianity i i forgot what it's about like all those words and names but um talking about astrology and astronomy and the four basic constellations uh the four fixed constellations and i was like well there's four again yep um so i i ever since i keep seeing it, and um, yeah, um, speaking of four and the language of four, the Tetragrammaton, it's quite a mouthful. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, but, <it's>, uh, <clears throat> the Tetragrammaton is uh, uh, not as well heard, but is similar to pentagram, uh, uh, as in ah. tetragram. And uh, tetragram atan, though of course there's there's another suffix added there. Uh, so basically, uh, gram is a uh, uh, kind of uh, etymological source for the orientation of both uh, language and number, right? And so oh. um, grams, we measure things in grams yeah and and grammar is how we conceptualize words right so yeah um, um, this is this is not the only place where number and language come together but 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 we see here an instance of it Um, and so tetragram would be um a literal would literally translate as four part uh, just like pentagram symbolizes five part system yeah. or shape it could be a, it could be a concept or a shape um and so but tetragrammaton if we examine that it's actually a lot like what might be uh, similar in the word in the English language as grammation but we don't really use that word but that would be kind of measurement system maybe you you could you know imagine what it's meaning but what we do use is grammar of course yeah and so tetragrammaton it, it most simply translates to for grammar <clears throat> which is not necessarily significant if you don't have an understanding of for tetragrammaton yeah. might just um you know the the asian or the grammar part of it might Simply be glossed over as just another aspect of the four-lettered name for God, uh, which this Greek word, the Tetragrammaton, points to the the four-letter Hebrew word for God. Um, but the original Bible, of course, was uh, uh, that we uh, that history has been able to find. Anyway, there, mm-hmm. the the first Bible, was written in Greek. Right, not Hebrew. Um, yeah, and it was the Septuagint, and and so the the but when they were um, referencing the word or the name for God, it was left out. It was it was not only unwritten frequently, it was certainly unspoken. Um, oh. and that is um, part of the reason why. The pronunciation of the name for God is sort of mysterious and argued over. And another aspect of why this is so is because uh, there's no vowels in Hebrew. Um, yeah. So, so the the tetragrammaton, when it was written out, there were um, four dots sometimes used for the word, or or sometimes just a a space was left Um, but it was certainly not to be uttered and certainly if it wasn't to be uttered it we can understand it wasn't to be considered or discussed Um, and so the taboo with tetragrammaton was similar to the taboo of some circles with the pentagram that we have today but exponentially so And because, not because it was necessarily an evil, like the pentagram is confused to be merely symbolic of, um, but because it was so holy. It was so holy of a subject and so holy of an utterance and certainly so holy of a subject matter. And so I think um, the reason people haven't necessarily looked at the, tetragrammaton as, as a four grammar is because it just doesn't necessarily have meaning. If you look at it in um, a monothematic sense, if you, if you open up and look at it as a humanity um, idea, um, uh, and even a sacred geometry idea, then it becomes this whole uh, For grammar, it becomes a whole way to perceive reality via the this four dynamic and Beyond the perception of reality it becomes a way to perceive and inspire Initiation and or self-development thereby
0: Yeah, cuz grammar um, or just um, language as a whole like in in every religion in every spiritual practice it's a a major thing i mean we all know from the bible that um that god the biblical god he spoke things into existence um in paganism um galder it's it's a uh, like a germanic throat singing you know chanting is used to um to get into that shamanic trance Uh, weird weird weaving is um or even just very basic you know spelling like literally spelling writing things out on a a piece of paper or just you know speaking it into existence it's things that we we still do today even if we may not um be aware of it you know it's and that's why i um i tend to tell people that you know don't joke about like you not being able to do things or not being able to, um, to accomplish certain things, because, you know, if you're not careful, you're gonna speak that into existence, like you can you can joke about it. That's, you know, cool. But the the universe or whoever is controlling this dimension, doesn't understand that, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't sense that that emotion It's just, oh, that's what you're putting into it that's what you're putting out there. So yeah. let's make let's make that that happen. And it really surprises me that the uh the name of uh of God is so holy that it can't even be uttered. I mean aren't we supposed to be created in um in his image in in their image the uh the Elohim so
1: well, I think, I think you touched on a, 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 a bunt, two major important topics there. Um, and, and the latter, of course, being why, why is that? Why, why can it not be considered or discussed or even uttered? Well, um, I think it goes back to a lot of the uh, constrictions and constraints of religiosity. That mm. they they were using this system to keep people down, not enabling them to learn from it in a manner that would uplift them. Um, because once once the you know literal or hypothetical pope and bishop got involved, there's now a group of people that their lifestyle and livelihood are dependent on not letting the masses shift too much yeah and, you know that which you know parallels with the idea of why was the gospel of thomas so scorned well because part of the essence of that teaching was hey the power is within you make sure you don't need a building it's it's you the individual um, and so that, that really defeats the institutionalization, um, that is potential in religion. Um, but, but the real spiritual teachings that were hidden, that were scuttlebutted, that were swept under the carpet, um, that I think, um, is where the power resides still, even in the Bible, Um, despite its um and and so forth despite all its use by institutions to keep people down there's still and it's um you know misapplication of the lessons and misorientation of the lessons there still is uh uh part of it that is utilized and potentially for self-development um so i think that is uh the big reason why people didn't want it discussed. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it is whenever there's part of something that's said to be uh, beneficial and it yet has restrictions, you got to ask those questions. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, a lot of uh, secret teachings are uh, uh, spoken through the word. Right And, and so the, the instigation power of learning through speech or written language is creative. It is um, a paradigm for everyone, um, new learning and new experience, new cognition. Um, and uh, the Egyptians had the same idea, the, the putting into voice reality. Um, you know the the uh, the teachings would be creative and for for the individual. And you know, I, I see in in um, I currently hang out with an adolescent who might occasionally fake that he's sick in order to not go to school, right? And so we've all done that. We've all we've all done that. No, no. And and I just mean if we keep doing that. How long do we fake something until it is something, right? Oh. So, so this idea of um, uh, don't don't change your face or it'll stay that way or something. <laughs> yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that specifically is not true, of course, but allegorically it is true. We don't want to act like we're weak and can't go to school. We want to you know adopt adopt a different act because that act Mm. becomes the mannerisms that we enact
0: yeah yeah just like um with the whole you know the whole covet thing you'll you'll see a lot of people uh saying that you know it only existed on the news you know it's it's just they put it out there they put um, the fear out there and i mean they've been very successful at it and it also makes me think uh what you just said about the um uh what is it uh, sun tzu the art of war um appear strong when you are weak and appear weak when you are strong to that's... you know deceive the enemy and that's there are some some very powerful lessons in that, that is, and that's that's a great that's a great reference yeah no, it's but it's it's absolutely true you know the, indeed those you know those kids jokes like you know if the bell tolls and you're you know doing like that then your face will stay that way and <laughs> <laughs> i mean like it was just to you know scare the other uh the mm-hmm. other kids but i mean if you think of, if you think about it maybe there was more more power to it i mean here, yeah, I there it. is there is in a sense like we
1: can be playful when we're kids, but if we adopt a fakery, um, it soon is a constant, right? We've, we've now adopted a trait, and then now it's, you can't shake it, right? Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I, you know, in growing up in upper, uptown Manhattan, I knew that Sun Tzu uh, quote by heart way before I ever read The Art of War, because if there was a situation, you could maybe act crazier and get out of there without having to fight, you know. Yeah. Or, or if you're around a bunch of, uh, you know, bigger and tougher people, you probably want to act a little uh, more meager, <laughs> so they don't have a reason
0: to take you on, you know. Anyway, yeah, so
1: there's I a mean, lot. No- a lot of
0: appearance, yeah, no, appearance is is so so much. You know, you don't even sometimes you don't even have to say things like at at my job, for example, I work as um as airport security, and a lot of it is mm-hmm. um just you know showing that you're paying attention, showing that Absolutely. you are checking those IDs, and also that someone you know it someone with maybe malicious intent or, you know, thinking of doing certain things, when they see that it's like, oh, they're quite strict here. I'm not going to get away with this. Never mind. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, showing things and um, I mean, like also speaking things into existence as like a bit of a authority figure, you know, you, you're, you'll pass when we say you can pass, we'll let you through the gate. When we say you can go through the gates, and, um, you know, going back about the, um, the name of uh, of God and all there, uh isn't there in the angelic hierarchy, a angel uh, quite on the upper level, I believe, whose sole purpose is to um, to exclaim the, um, the name of God.
1: I'm 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 not sure, but that could be Enoch, but I'm I'm not exactly 100% sure of that
0: aspect. Hmm. The, the Hebrew teachings, they are, they're quite fascinating. Um, but if, like I said, if we are created in the, the image of God, or, uh, or the gods, the Elohim, because that's another mistranslation in the Bible, That's why, you know, it's so hard to, um, to, like, properly understand what it's saying because it's you know <laughs> been translated sure right dozens of times you know from greek into like so many other languages and then certain um certain kings and all of course had their uh their own agenda with translations um but so it's it's so hard to understand what it's saying but there are such good teachings in it and um tetragrammatons really it's it's first thing uh first time i've I've heard about it first time i've actually read about it from you i mean i've I've heard the the term come by before but i never really knew what it's um what it meant i feel uh,
1: you know it's it's like that with a lot of people because it is still you know in a fragmented sense uh taboo it's a it's a taboo subject um and you know still not to be discussed in some circles
0: sorry but why is it so taboo? I mean, it's... I,
1: I think it's because it has a power of of uh, willingness behind it, of, of willfulness. Um, and so when we are able to speak, um, you know, when you're shy, right, and you can't speak, mm-hmm. well, uh, this is also some reference to we're too shy to do right um and so god is the creator of creation um and so we are also creators in creation um and uh the uh one aspect of hebrew and uh, many different teachings if not all um, there's the exoteric interpretation of the letters and the esoteric interpretation of the la- uh, letters, the symbolic um, and metaphysical, so and so forth. Um, and the the name of God is is the exoteric, but um, the esoteric aspect of these four letters has to do with for on one level the four dimensions of sacred geometry. Of which the Greeks, of course, who wrote likely the first Bible, were obsessed with. Um, and uh, the the four and the ten um, come out of the similarity of the four and the ten symbolically um, relating to completion um, comes out of uh, this relationship um, of the four dimensions of geometry. Uh, so... Um, with with uh, the name for God, uh, the first letter is actually a point. It looks more like an apostrophe, but it's mm-hmm. a it's symbolic of a point. And the for, for the first dimension of geometry,
0: of course, is the point. Yeah, the, um, the point from where it all starts.
1: Yeah, and and the second letter is a line. And it is symbolic of a nail um, or um, a piercing, the veils uh, um, um, or a pen. And and of course, the second le, uh, dimension of geometry is, of course, the line. Yeah. Um, and then there yeah. are two letters in Yod, Ha, Ve, uh, Yod, Ve, Ha, Ve, um, that are similar, but just like there is um confusion over disks and balls visually in real life there's there's the same presentation of plane a plane disk like a coin and mm-hmm. ball uh globe that like a ball uh so the, the these four dimensions of creation are kind of a, a I think um a, a way to visualize and manifest Willful creation power and and I I this is in the book and part of it is in an article I wrote recently that's out there. Um, but um, when when. Uh, theoretically in geometry, um, a line is dependent on points. A plane is dependent on a line and the volume is dependent on planes and so. Um, in our in our willfulness or our visualization practice, we want to um, begin with a point of concentration, and and make a connection with that non-physical thing that's just a point in space that takes up no space. Um, that's just an idea, just a word that becomes a real thing, a, a solid. Um, that holds volume eventually. When we put this willfulness into our being as a as a creator of creation that's made by the creator in his image, right? <laughs> um, we we can then thereby really find some self empowerment, willful tools just in that that is not dependent on um, any. Uh, institution um, so um, in in that there is the sacred geometry uh, lesson that I think is really powerful um, um, and relates back to um, of course reality was came back came into existence via the spoken word of God but our reality comes into existence via our spoken word right um, yeah. And, oh, and yes. the, yeah. the, the Hindus have the, or, or rather the, the Vedic uh, um, I, I group there, really, it's one of the oldest symbols in existence is the Om symbol, right? It doesn't even have the, uh, it's not written, same kind of idea as uh, the Tetragrammaton. It doesn't have a way to write it. It's no. actually just a symbol. Right. We in English we have a way to write it. A U M. You know. But I'm just saying in Sanskrit.
0: Uh, yeah, of course. No, I mean, and s- symbolism uh, or symbology, just like uh, like speech or like text, is uh, another way of um, like saying things without having to to say it. And like we're we're pretty much going back to that, you know, with uh, with emojis no, sort of and all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean emojis i've i've heard this say before i i can't remember exactly where but it's um they're kind of like the the new hieroglyphs if you will because uh, especially people from um you know from my generation fireface generation who just joined us by the way hey babe um and Hi, Ethan. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> And generations after us, like we can pretty much read a whole sentence written in just emojis.
2: Not and all can... of us can. I'm not one no. of those. And it's okay when you say that
0: because I have me, to
2: have cause... my 13 year old decipher it.
1: <laughs> well, it's but it is like Egyptian in a sense that if it's if it's uh, you know uh, a certain thing combined with a certain thing, then you know oh it means yeah means a, this means a positive element of fire rather than a, a bad thing you know or an explosion like you know or something it's your compliments rather than look out or you know could often it's like what it's accompanied with just like hieroglyphs right um really points to the actual meaning
0: yeah it's and um i've, I've even seen but this uh, this is kind of kind of out there that um, certain emojis, the, the, like the very basic emojis, are even based on sigils, like certain sigils. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure about that one. I think that's maybe you know maybe reaching for look things. Look at
2: your Android phone and look at your emojis because they're different than the iPhones and it will show you different ones. They actually have... True. pinnacle they actually have an ohm i have the ohm um they have different symbologies within it you just have to like scroll through all of them and you'll see that there are some that are sigils
1: cool Hmm. and and you know looking at uh you know the pyramid is one of the uh great symbols for ascension initiation self-development sacred geometry, um, and many other things. Um, but, and if you look at it, of course it has throughout the day, three sides that receive sunlight and one side that does not. And, uh, so with everything, even, uh, how sun shines, there's going to be the dark side. And it's one out of four sides. Um, the north side here, all right, north side in this this hemisphere. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, to that relationship with Om, there is the three uttered uh, uh, um, annunciations or uh, um, uh, aspects, A, U, M, Om, and then there's silence, right? So this corresponds with the darkness. And that is where the fear is or or rather that is holding something that is unknown that we might be afraid of the silence but it is also the place where there is the reckoning of abundance the the self-development right
0: yeah yeah because in that in that darkness or in that that voids like everything is still possible like there is there is nothing there yet like nothing nothing tangible so it's up to you how do you want to to fill that voice how are you go, how are you gonna you know shine a light on that darkness how bright do you do you want it um and of course you know the the fear of the dark is a a very real thing because it's pretty much the same as fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. you know where and uh, I mean I honestly think that's um, it's a more of a product of this this physical world um, and just you know our physical being because in the dark we don't see what happens it's why we have streetlights everywhere you know lights on our our cars our bikes um, you know flashlights and all because we need to see in the dark we need to see what's um what happens because if we don't know what happens if we don't know what's out there it might be dangerous it might be dangerous to us it might be dangerous for us but we don't know so we just yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah
1: it's a very primal fear right that we all almost i remember having to get over it as a as a little person you know you got to get over your fear of darkness and it's because it is very much the unknown. And, you know, in a primal sense, it might be smart. Like, yeah, you don't, there's cliffs around the coast here. You don't walk around at night. Oh, okay. Yeah. I (laughs) I get that. Or, you know, or bears or whatever. So, um, in the past, there might have be, been very good reasons to be afraid of the dark and look towards the light literally. Um, but in a metaphysical sense, the darkness, like if we all look within, well, it's, it's dark inside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that the, the same is true in the sense when we begin meditation or begin internal arts or sometime, some kind of therapeutic work. Anything internalized uh, development is uh, like facing the darkness within, right? Um, oh, and, yeah. and this is, I can't meditate, I think too much, or I can't meditate, too much, too much stuff comes up. Yeah, everyone, of course. Um, that sounds but, like
2: someone I know who
1: makes an <laughs> excuse. Well, it's, it's, it's all of us. Um, because that the darkness within is is that place where that treasure is too, right? Um, being yeah. silent, going internal um, and facing the darkness literally and metaphysically is how we start to be able to it's sometimes very much like someone says, "Hey,." And um, you know, I heard one guy say, it's usually never more than ten syllables. That you, that you feel like you get something like, that wasn't, how did that come at me? Where's that idea coming from? I didn't say that. Who said that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, sometimes in meditation, you'll get like that spoken reality, you know, where new ideas come um, from just facing maybe old ideas. Uh, so om, om begins every mantra and is in of itself, a mantra and is similar in a sense to amen um that ends uh, uh every christian prayer um and and uh, <clears throat> many different words now are used in the bible um to signify the name of god which the greeks said was the tetragrammaton um and, and is the four-lettered Hebrew word of for God. Um, but again, it, it exoterically is pronounced one way, but it esoterically is understood another way. Um, and, you know, in Egypt and uh, kung fu schools and um, monasteries wherever you go and all kinds of other groups and groupings that I don't know about, there is the exoteric school and the esoteric school and there's all uh and in in kung fu schools they'll say the outdoor teachings and the indoor teachings um and often they're really the same lessons or the same in principle in beginning structure the same lessons but different revelations and applications are revealed later um, so, and that always comes through the opening of the door, right? Like the Kung Fu schools refer to the indoor and outdoor schools and also which corresponds with opening of the mouth, you know, the, the, the communication of the wisdom. Hmm.
0: There we go again, just you know dropping those, dropping those bombs and here I am again, just trying to.
1: Well yeah, it's all, it's all about finding the, the fourth initiation um, via the power of four um, and maybe my obsession of, but I think more what it, what the idea has revealed to me and learning about it. there is the uh, um, simple way to look at the profound and then there's the profound way to look at the profound um um i begin the book actually with uh, an example of this by carl jung who looked at what is a profound book uh the tibetan book of the dead the bardo total um and it, um, it it tells don't be sorry no I, i'm i'm glad you're familiar um because because um this is going to blow your mind maybe if you haven't heard it before um the uh the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the bardo tolo, is a story to be read um, to those passing and also for those, um, of course, all of us that will be passing to understand what happens in the interim um, after death. So so it is the story of um, the individual who dies and this um, layer that they have this this world that they go through before they are reborn. Um, And it helps them it helps us understand the time period and the turmoils and the frightful hellish things that we might face in between death and rebirth. Uh, Carl Jung pointed out that when you read it backwards, Last chapter to first, it's the story of life from birth to death, and all of the things we might oh. face in the interim, all the hellish things we might get obsessed with and frightened by my face. And so there, therein is an esoteric lesson of what is a quite an esoteric topic and writing. But but you can always uh, uh, more more often than not rather find esoteric internal teachings for living and life in in these uh, esoteric teachings. Um, You can and even exoteric teachings. You can find ways um, that these ideas give us meditative um, uh, uh, lessons as as well as. Martial arts lessons, or or walking yeah. lessons, or what have you.
2: Yeah, like the um, how do you say it, dear, that I'm reading in my yoga classes, the Bhagavad Gita.
0: Oh, the um, uh, Bhagavad Gita. Yeah.
2: It's, Sounds like it's, that
0: too. That's still a book I have to uh, I have
1: to. Imagine. And I think that's based on four parts, if I'm not mistaken.
2: <laughs> it's the eight limbs of yoga, so there's like
1: right, two right. Sorry,
2: different. It's okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, eight limbs, two times four. You
0: know, and four.
1: and, and uh, I I believe Patanjali came up with the eight limbs of yoga. Mm -hmm. Uh, originally and he might be even credited with being the writer of that book he
2: is Um, actually that's what's interesting is I'm in my 200 hours right now so you kind of learn the philosophy you learn the history you learn how how it came to be and then as I go deeper in my 300 after my 200 it goes even deeper
1: right oh cool well said yeah right and it's the same. It might be rather the same posture that you're getting a lesson from, but it's a new layer of mm-hmm. of the whole construct and system that blossoms from something you already knew. <laughs> um, well, tai Chi like, is like that too.
2: Yeah, it's like the breath. Like that's like one of the things that they teach you within yoga teaching is that the breath is the most important and that's why it's one of the eight limbs is because it's so important to breathe into yourself and outward right. of your fears so that's why it's like yeah. interesting that you're talking about the internal stuff and then the external cuz that's what they teach you in yoga
1: and uh i i actually write a little bit about patanjali in my book the fourth initiation because well he's an amazing, amazing wisdom teacher but mm-hmm. also because he, as some other uh, Hindu gods, uh, um, energies of gods, um, he represents in part this Thoth energy, this Tahuti, mm-hmm. Tahuti Doesn't energy. Me. He has. He's a wisdom teacher. He's an inspiration for ascension and self development. Um, and he has a snake body, as the story is told, which um, Thoth. Uh, and and his uh related derivative or cousin or whatever hermes um um you know famously have the staff of controlling this serpent energy um yeah,
0: the, the caduceus right yes yeah, yes yeah
1: and actually the another you know one of the symbolic stories of the yin and yang symbol is that these represent serpent energies coiling around a single pole right Hmm. um so you could kind of imagine like if you looked at the two serpents um coiling on a on a pole and you were directly above you might see that yin yang kind of swirl going on
0: oh yeah
1: and so and the yin yang of course is not a polarity symbol it's it's a duality of polarity symbol it's a it's a tetragrammaton in and of itself (laughs) in the sense that like om too is a whole four grammar of metaphysics and self-development and and so forth not necessarily limited to the four but beginning with the four and same thing with tai chi and chinese medicine it's not limited to the yin yang symbol what we call the yin yang symbol but it starts with that and uh the the tai chi is actually called the grand ultimate or the yin yang symbol is called the grand ultimate polarity the tai chi uh uh that means the grand ultimate um symbol um, of polarity, and and it is represented by the two main swirls and the dots within the swirls, the potential yeah. of its opposite or, or interdependent, um, mutually dependent, uh, opposite contrast within it as well. So that, that whole system really begins all of Chinese Taoism and Chinese medicine, and there is a Five part system in traditional Chinese medicine as well, and it's like I said, it's not limited to the four, but it begins um, via the four. Hmm. And the Greeks That's had further; they had their four humors, these four characteristics that, um, and this is very similar to the Chinese understanding of things that we everyone has um, a characteristic um body and nature um and these would be described as uh lacking heat or lacking uh moisture and with heat and with moisture and cold type of thing um these contrasts um so the four humors um really you know most of most of greek understanding of people kind of began with with this understanding of Uh, medicine and character orientation enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder can i make a podcast but it seems so complicated and good
2: audio production can take time what if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily well now there is introducing podcasting made easy from podtastic audio My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy.
1: So yeah, it's all... It's a manner, the four grammar is really a way, like many exoteric teachings, it's a way to initially understand the physical reality, the the uh, even to the mundane. Um, and ultimately, it's a way to redefine ourselves and our worlds and understand and actualize internal initiation and development. Like, all these, all these groups really kind of that perpetuate the idea that they hold on to initiatory rights, it's all internal. It's all yeah. about you. And so they may have a group thing that um, um, initiates, forgive the pun, this internalization, this, this uh, individuation, but it's really you. Um, and so, you know, the four grammar, in a sense, is really at its most simple, just a wonderful way to get in basic touch with the elements as well. Right. Because the, the how how wonderful is a spa day where you go and experience hot and cold, maybe yeah. a cold bath. Maybe um, waters of different types, um, um, drying out in the sun or a hot sauna. So, all these elements really are um, particularly healing. Um, And uh, an example of the air element might be as simple as what we're just talking about, enabling the breath to reach these places of inflammation irritation and so forth that aren't getting enough oxygen to be healed um and or you know getting into a arrow uh, oxygenated ch- chamber right to initiate that type of healing mm. which is now kind of financially and physically preventative for a lot of people but just an example of using elements to heal us is actually often the best way um because there's not so much cost to hey, just you need to fast for a couple of days with you know water or something you know or whatever. Yeah. There's there's different ways to utilize the elements that are very
0: empowering and healing. Uh, of course, I mean walking walking barefoot, right. uh, you know, through the grass that's or just through the through the soil, sunbathing. It's
2: you guys mentioned that that's why it's so important. Before I have to go it's so important that like, if my son has a very hard day at school, I tell him to go earth, go ground, go be with earth, go be with the element earth, go be with air. Go. Cause like the way I speak it to him is he understands is the fire element is his anger. So let that go. So then it's transmuted into the air. Nice. And then because it snowed last night, He was able to have the water element on his feet as he earthed before he went to school. So it's just, that's why earthing is so important. that's why I get onto you, Fox, is that you need to go earth because it's very important for your body to pull in the element of earth. That's why in Native American teachings, Mother Earth is so important is because she supports you. She grounds you. And yeah. that's there why is when you brought up the yogic movie. breath, too, in yogic breath, that's why they say in some practices, send your breath to, okay, let's say, because I have bad hips, let's say they're like, focus your breath on your hips so then you can release whatever you need to release. That's why when you were here, the teacher was telling you, because she noticed that you are in pain from your workout, she said, send your breath to your shoulder. And that kind of threw you off. You're like, how did she know about my shoulder? But it's just, it's intuitive feelings that you get from your class. So, like, with me, she knows that I had bad hips. So, that's why she made the comment, now send your breath. If you have bad hips, send it to your hips. She didn't name me outright, but she knew that I was having hip problems that day. So, that's why it's, like, so important. And that's why it was so interesting that Ethan brought that up, is that in yoga, the teacher will tell you send your breath to a certain point in your body
1: because it's healing. Absolutely, and in Tai Chi, I I use this etymological little joke. Of course, it's not actual, but the opposite of tension is a tension, attention. <laughs> that's, that's, that's no, it's it's a that's a good one. It's it's true. And, that's- and so. You you wherever there is another trick I like to utilize um, is the seventy percent rule, um, and and so if I'm if I have an inhibition or pain, um, I'll go to where it's seventy percent until it feels that discomfort. Right? I don't I don't go well. I'm gonna go past that to heal it. I only go to the seventy percent. Right the the usual in inclination is to go beyond the pain to get past the pain. But yeah. uh, one way to do it is to go to the 70%. And if you do that, if you repeat that, you'll actually find your 70% expanding without having to cause irritation, if you will. Yeah. That that's why sense. there's
2: modifications in yoga too. And that's mm-hmm. why when you were doing a certain pose, I was able to go deeper because my body allowed me to go deeper. Whereas yeah. with you, I could only go certain to a certain point, And then you're beyond that because your body is allowing you to fall. It was my limitation. That's not letting me do it because of the pain. Like
1: Ethan said, it was the limitation that I was giving myself. You know what they say? Doctors say, everyone, um, passed out is completely limber. (laughs) (laughs) So so if you're anesthetized, like you could go in any position whatsoever, you, you might wake up dreadfully sore. Right. But (laughs) the, the, the tension actually is a lot of times in here. Right. So, so easing easing through it with the seventy percent, for instance, it's not the only way um, hmm. um, can can help with the expansion. Um, you know, getting getting through and past any any tension. Um, and you know, uh, sometimes yogis talk about this, um, but maybe not always. Our our chakras are kind of places where we might build up tension, right? Yeah. Um, and so if we have, say, an issue with, um, you know, uh, uh, something having to do with our uh, m- making a living, you know as a writer, I, we're always trying to make how do we make a living. So my shot my my uh, solar plexus chakra might have issues with that um, you know, halfway just, but where, wherever we have, an issue with things um that's where the waters will get stuck in an eddy right that's where tension develops um and trash might get stuck on the river you know um so to get to you know part of part of yoga is getting through um uh, when we close our eyes where are the issues you know i need to make more money i get get rid of that issue you know um uh, a tibetan yogi who was teaching me the Om Mani Padme Hum mantra. He said, it's too bad that Mane sounds like money so much, but we'll,
0: we'll get through this. <laughs> yeah, It's true. Well, I mean, I, I even noticed that in, um, in jujitsu, maybe in a, a little different way, cause it's still, you know, it's quite physical, like it is full, full contact, but, um, you know, I've, I've been training, well several years now on and off try several things jiu-jitsu is the one thing that stuck um but especially when i first started training at i think like i was 24 25 maybe you know i was i was young i was fit i was you know strong could lift those those heavy weights in the gym no problem so i thought you know what i'm strong i'm gonna do this on my strength you know just pulling and yeah, pushing and, <laughs> yeah you know right. i'll just i'll just freaking bench press someone off of me mm-hmm. right <laughs> uh yeah that 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 didn't work it's uh, a go I,
2: dead on you it's
0: called a dead right word.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or, no, or they, different they, things they, or different things but that, so that's a good just, one
0: yeah just top pressure i mean I've, that's that's the thing i've um uh, been working on more lately just top pressure like making yourself
1: yeah, heavy right, and right. it's
0: it's not necessarily even by by tensing you know i've learned to not necessarily tense up because your muscles will it, they will burn out and yeah. you'll still get submitted you know That's just why when
2: <laughs> tries or my kiddo sorry you hmm. need to mute that
0: when oh, my oh, kiddo I, oh, I tries
2: to um when we're practicing his self-defense Sorry, guys, I thought I was on the phone call. <laughs> That's why I need to be careful. It's but fine, when him and I are going at it, I brace myself. I don't tense, but I brace myself enough that he tries to push me over and it doesn't work. And he's like, how are you doing this? And it's like, I'm controlling my body. I'm controlling where, because like I'm feeling where he's going. So if I know where he's going, I'm able to stop. Yeah, him from advancing, and he hates it because then he tries to pressure point me. And then I'm like, You really <laughs> want to start pressure pointing me, huh?
1: Okay, so that's <laughs> so, that's that's open now. We're okay, we'll use that now. Okay. Um in in Tai Chi, we refer to that power as rooting and sinking, right?
2: That's what I do all the time. Often
1: enough, it's lowest wins, right? If you're uh, yeah. in in limited manner without doing pressure points and strikes and so forth if you're in a, in a place where you're trying to shift and counter each other and throw one another off balance, lowest tends to win. And actually, when you are in contact with someone, you can almost just relax. Um, and then they're doing a lot more work than you are. Um, it, it, but, but how do we do that? How does that happen? It's, it's an example of um, we can't do Tai Chi in space. Right. Because there's nothing to root off. There's no uh, there's no. Yeah. It's like imagine how you can pull a shark out of the water. It it's a shark, but it has no strength in the water because it's it's stuck. Right. I mean, they have yeah. they have a little bit of back and forth, whip strength and so forth, but they're not rooted. Right. Um, and no. so it's different. Um, And actually, my Tai Chi teacher was telling me about a time when he found a seal on the beach and and he and he found this idea most uh, um, beautifully illustrated in the seal. He tried to and your cat can do this too; dogs can do it, but the seal has no um, appendages to speak of. It has the, the little arms, you know, but. They're, like, he's not rooted, really, but he tries yeah. to pick up the seal and get it back to the water, and it shifts its weight or yeah. its pressure, and he can't lift it. And he tries to angle it again and lift it again. He can't lift it. The seal <laughs> is preventing him from lifting uh, it, right? By this almost, it's like with in Tai Chi, they say the d- dantian where we have uh, uh, as if a ball of energy in our midpoint um centering at our midpoint in in our uh, diaphragm and abdominal rather um so he he experienced what was this pouring of this seals dantian that prevented it, him from moving it where otherwise if it was a bag of sand he could have moved it no problem if it was yeah. the equivalent weight of anything he could have moved it but because the seal had this grounding life force without legs, without appendages, not standing, it just couldn't be moved.
0: (laughs) That's fascinating. Yeah, I I thought I thought I do need to get ready for work.
2: So you guys have fun. It was nice seeing you (laughs) again, Ethan. I do apologize.
1: I just need to get ready for work. Please. Yeah. And so actually with that, there in the martial science, right, there's um, a contrast that we can find for every input, right? That would be the way for us to hold our position over the competition um, or 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 attacker. Um, yeah. There's always there's always a way to counter or contrast, and sometimes it's just real as simple as just being rooted or out of the way. <laughs> Even better.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. And that's that's why I you know recommend to everybody that they train a uh they train a martial art like doesn't really matter what it is can be tai chi can be Jujitsu. for all i care you know you go more the better
1: more the better get it get it all in is what i I yeah
0: exactly because uh you know speaking of um you know uh meditation and all jiu-jitsu is my meditation that's how i can you know quiet my mind that's how i can focus on on one thing that's how i get the you know all the um, like all the bad energies out and just the right energies in um i mean you know may sound a uh, a little strange because you know i'm still like thinking a lot of course because you know i want to tap the other one i don't want to get tapped um but still you know you have to focus on that's that one thing you have to keep rolling you have to keep going you have to pay attention and um if the if the energy isn't right if you're in a like if you're in a bad mood if you just have a bad day and you go train yeah, do it. and you take like you take that bad energy on uh, onto the mats then yeah things will definitely go wrong and within jujitsu that means well, you know, muscle tears, or overstretched, or whatever that goes, it's it's really easy to do that. Um, And, yeah, you know, as a young, cocky, 24, 25-year-old, I have, (laughs) I have done that, Uh, you know, forgot to, uh, to leave my ego in the dressing room, so to speak. Um, And, but yeah, it it did teach me some, some valuable lessons, you know, don't, know don't be selfish and if you're like beyond the point that um it is like possible to escape if you're not gonna win you know be sensible be smart tap and it's you know that's that's another reason why martial arts in my opinion are so great because it also teaches you just these These valuable life lessons maybe you know they're they're rough lessons every once in a while but i mean just means that you you haven't been listening you know you've been you've been given the lesson previously but you know you didn't you didn't see it or you didn't want to listen so the universe is just like you know what the hard way it is yeah well and
1: uh, you know sometimes i tell people who are um disgusted by the martial arts presentation of maybe meditation ideas or within the tai chi practice and teachings um you are in a fight right now we don't like to fight i get it you know no one wants to talk about it and no one wants to be in a position where they have to hurt someone or not be hurt or whatever um it's it's really the mo- for most people it's the most stressful time or moment that they could face but we are all in a fight. And it usually is a fight we don't notice, because we do so in a balanced manner. Um, in, in other words, our, our immune system has taken on the athlete's foot bacteria, that mm-hmm. fungal uh, infection that would have killed us and eaten us away. In, they, it, their immune system fought that off in a way we didn't even notice. Um, and, and same thing with a, um, a lung infection or whatever, you know, our, our physical orientation is going to manifest itself in our mental orientation, too. And so uh, the idea is a polarity kind of thing. It's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. Right. And so we we are uh, thankfully in a modern society. We don't have to all the time um, be in martial confrontations. But sometimes it happens. Um, And and when we're more prepared for it, it's actually less likely to occur. Um, Same thing with our immune systems when we're more prepared for the fight that might happen um it doesn't necessarily happen in a in a way that we even notice um and you know beyond that we we are too in a fight for our you know metaphysical development right the tibetan buddhists talk about karma in a very very serious matter of fact terminology Mm -hmm. um karma And this could be uh, most simply understood as cause and effect. Karma is not necessarily only um, having to do with reincarnation. Karma has to do with cause and effect of reality. The harsh, it's harsh. The consequentialism is harsh. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, the Tibetan Buddhists, I wanted to mention too, uh, there's a story about the Tibetan Buddhist who meets the mountain climber and he says wow you You're amazing. How do you do that? You're amazing. You climb this mountain and you do that. And what what do you what are you thinking about when you do that? It's like I'm actually not thinking about anything and the and the Tibetan Buddhist goes oh you are a master <laughs> <laughs> and and so when we're not thinking about anything or like you described on the mat actually we're kind of thinking but not about anything else yeah nothing, nothing else what is his finger doing there wait does that mean his arm is going to go yep he is okay and and so very very um fundamental and observational thoughts are going on but nothing about Ah, uh, but the school, and I gotta get, and, and the I gotta pay this, and the, and nothing, nothing silly like that. That's no. that's the mountain climber, right? Where he's asked by the Buddhist,
0: "What, what are you thinking?" He has to recall. Well, I, I nothing. <laughs> and yeah, um, you know, you just he's just climbing. He's just thinking about what the next placement is yeah. gonna be, so that he doesn't fall down. And- yeah. Just, that's it because in that moment that's all he has to think about is that that's the only thing that matters
1: and that clears away all the fetters of all the manure that we have to deal with and even if by doing that we put ourselves in a precarious position on the cliff that feels better <laughs> than dealing with the fetters of reality um, yeah so so yeah the the nothingness The fourth aspect of Om or the shadow on the pyramid, that's where the power is. And actually, with the Tao, with the Taoists, um, and also a a lot of um, uh, uh, Hebrew meditation concepts, um, in a similar manner to the Taoists, talk about alignment with the Tao or with the Hebrews, alignment with the tetragrammaton the name of god um and and so when we can align ourselves with an idea that encompasses many things and and it's again not the group um it's in inside the individual um, that instigates this power of initiation. It isn't the group, but they might manifest it with the individual by the ritual of sorts, but it is always the individual um, who goes through the initiatory development to shed his former self um, and and be a new, um, and it's not um, dependent on the group. It's dependent on the instigation of individuation. Um, as I talk about, so, uh, yeah, the, the fourth aspect is, um, it points to this unsaid silent potential of kind of, what do you want it to be type of thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, just initiation and it's, it's something that's, well there there's a lot of abuse unfortunately with it too and but you know going back uh like to Germanic paganism as well you had the um the manabund, the Manabunde, which was a initiation into adulthood and it was a fight cool. it was literally a fight kind of kind of like the the Spartans had as well that's uh just i believe in, in germanic paganism it was a little later but at very early age like between eight and twelve you were just sent like sent out there to survive to wow. you know get to um to be strong to get yeah. Yeah. strong and a um i mean the spartans were even worse in that they were just like you're on your own good luck um but in Germanic paganism, the, uh, the manabunda was actually a, uh, a group of boys, a, well, you could say like a, a, a little, a little tribe of their own, a little, yeah, a little band, a little, uh, band of, of young men who were just basically put in the wilds, uh, into the forest and told, good luck, you know, come back when you, like when you have succeeded when you are a when you are a man when you have initiated into you know becoming a man becoming one with um with the gods and that's so that's that's dope i i do hope that with the um with the return of uh, of paganism with the return of the old gods that that is one thing that's uh that will come back as well i mean it's still very much um Politicized at the moment, which is a a damn shame. But there are groups popping up who are about that um, that martial lifestyle as well, and uh, whether or not in connection to honoring the gods and actually, you know, being the man or growing into the man that um, that the gods and your ancestors were and wishes that that you are and initiation is a very important aspect it can be very very scary because again you know it's the unknown you don't you don't know the path that's that lies ahead of you you don't know what's going to happen you don't even know if you're going to come back from it yeah but, i want to build on that because that's a that's a powerful
1: initiation and it really truly in its ritual represents what is kind of two sides of the same aspect of the most powerful part of initiation and of course it's in the darkness it's it's in the unknown um and that young person that rather inexperienced person even more specifically if we apply it into our adult development um we are facing the unknown and the first thing we're going to have to do, whether we're by ourselves or with that group, is stop lying. What are yeah. you capable of and what are you not capable of? And where's your point of break and how do we get you past that to where we can keep moving? Um, and so um, a kid, <laughs> adults do it all the time, as really, but kids are great at lying to themselves. Right. Uh, um, And in in a in a in the worst sense, too, um, uh, there's a Tai Chi saying we do not rise to the level of our expectations. We sink to the level of our practice. So when when you're a weightlifter or you're a fighter or you're you know what your body is capable of, you're not going to lie to yourself. You you know that you're going to sink to the level of your practice good or bad that doesn't that's not what i'm saying i you you know you're not gonna lie to yourself and say i can do that i've never done that before but i can do it well okay <laughs> um so uh um not lying to ourselves and knowing what we're capable of and bettering that of course of course going beyond that that's how we have to um start to go beyond that is to know yeah are um, that we do not rise to the level of our expectations, we sink to the level of our practice. So stop lying. If you're in a group with that type of survival need and dynamic, even if they're eight year olds, pretty quick that that it's not going to be explicitly said, but you got to stop lying. Yeah. Uh, And and the next thing, of course, is to overcome fear if if you stop lying if we stop lying to ourselves and lose our fear what church do we need what what group <laughs> what group do we need who 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 is going to tell us anything if if they are going to tell us something and and it's truth we're going to appreciate them and appreciate it but we're not going to be reliant because fear really makes us Dependent, right, and yeah. and of course we all have fear, but it's getting over it. That is what is you know exemplifies courage and development, right? Um, so the actually the Masonics took that, the Masonic tradition and several other traditions took this inclination. No lying, no. We're seeking the truth here, and and uh, also no fear. Um, and all all types of groups have in, implemented this idea, but it's really non-group dependent. It's a total internalization. Several groups help us do that. Several teachings, and and as you pointed out, jujitsu will get you there, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Y- you oh, dig a yeah. well deep enough, and and you only need one well. Um, so. Uh, but but the idea is to ultimately overcome our fear and and stop lying to ourselves and of course others. But but beginning with stop lying to ourselves, like an adolescent or kid will do. Oh, they're gonna send me out into the wolves and the tundra. I got this, no problem. A couple of days later, <laughs> truth, yeah. truth is a harsh you know teacher. And okay, wow, I'm not capable of what I thought I was can I be how do I become somebody? yeah
0: that'll yeah that'll blow back on you very very quickly yeah. and it's you know it's it's good to have confidence of course right. but like you know just like you said don't don't lie to yourself don't be you know and don't don't be cocky don't be that you know that that ego because it's it's gonna bite you Mm-hmm. and you know it may just it may be a little pinch or it may just like take a full full bite out of you it's it's just yeah, yeah reality
1: mean, is harsh reality is real it
0: harsh. is it is and you know karma is a uh or mother nature or like however you you want to name it it's um can be a cruel teacher yeah Um, nothing
1: nothing develops confidence though like getting through that type of initiation what what how does it pronounce that you described
0: uh the the men are boomed
1: yeah if you get through that you're confident and rightly so because you've actually tested yourself out and gone oh yeah my what are my capabilities and what were my expectations oh now i'm a lot more real about it
0: (laughs) yeah exactly well that's that's healthy confidence. That's that's knowing your capabilities. That's knowing when the time comes that I need to use those abilities, those capabilities, I can I know how to to Mm -hmm. implement them. And I know how to, if necessarily, if necessary, win with them. But you know, it's Yeah, and that's, that's why initiation of, you know, of any kind is is so important because it it will teach you a lot about yourself. And that's, that's the you know, with jujitsu, especially I've I have learned a lot and I have learned a lot about myself. They were harsh lessons. But Mm jujitsu is, you know, if you are that's if you do take your ego on the mat, it is pretty merciless. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you'll be out for for a few weeks because you know you thought oh i can get out of this now you can't right um, yeah physics physics doesn't lie <laughs> no i mean you're you're still you're still hoping it does you're yeah, like right. no i'm not i'm not stuck i'm not i can't get out of this nah nah but yep. you know and that's but that's also where um where respect comes right. uh and, comes and with. think about
1: yeah you know i was thinking of even a worse character um like that doesn't have respect for his peers right well Whoa. then they're gonna they're he's not gonna last because they're gonna bring that lack of respect towards him right and so you yeah. learn real quick to respect others and you even empathize like for to uh, people that aren't you know warriors or fighters and they're being ridiculous and you, you don't want to go there you know um, and, you know, like I, I often think about uh, in opposition, um, I fight to not lose, not to win. And often that may, that helps me win. But if, if I fight to win, then I end up in these circumstances where it's force on force, maybe.
0: Um, but if yeah, I fight
1: because- to not lose, then I'm nowhere
0: (laughs) because because you're putting those expectations on yourself. You're putting that pressure on yourself. And for some people that works, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the pressure can, like it can create diamonds, but it can also break stone. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's just, but yeah, that's, that's a, it's a good one. That's a good one actually fight to, to not lose, not necessarily to win, but to not lose. I like that. Yeah. Yeah yeah i I figured you'd appreciate that as a a
1: yeah um and and it's just contrast right it's like jackie chan i think of that 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 type of energy is jackie chan like he's not kicking anybody's ass but no one's touching him (laughs) they got a plate in the face or they fell or he punched them and pushed them or something like it didn't wasn't devastating but he's he's nowhere to be found by the 20 guys that are after him right
0: yeah, like, in the end, he got away. He wasn't yeah. the one who lost. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's and, really... And nice.
1: often, too, like, when, you know, uh, fights, uh, you know, unless it's, a like, a street fight and you don't know the person, you know, but, like, that's not usually the case. And it's like, oh, who won the fight? And it's like, who won? Like, no one won, you know? Like, a fight, yeah. like, you know, it's never... It's hardly ever a one who lost. No, it's, it's,
0: it's just it. who... Lost a li- who yeah. lost a little less you yeah know? yeah exactly yeah
1: but, but we are we are in a fight for our existence we're in a fight for our self-development and and we can you know reckoning back to why a lot of these teachings were restricted well do people that are making money off the 85 percent want the 85 percent of the people to be self-developed to where they don't no. smoke cigarettes anymore and they're no, not depending not. on you right so there's all kinds of inclinations for people to not want you to develop and that is something worth fighting for too right so yeah. and whether it's like sun Tzu said that, you know um the highest form of fighting is fighting without fighting right and also this fight without fighting is happening all the time too, um, through um, people that are creating things with their own spoken word and they're trying to influence us into their creation. You know, so we gotta yeah. uh, hold on to our development, ourselves, and our essence. And even that word ritual, really, ritual is just a repetition, right? Your your yeah. part of your ritual is going to practice jujitsu and we don't develop anything without ritual meditation um jujitsu or tai chi or um thinking about how to better ourselves throughout the day anything right it, it's it's really pretty much unless you've reached booty it's got to be ritualized every every so often if not every day we need to have a ritual and that repetition of things is the only way we get better that's that's how we do it um so and the betterment of the psyche or the physicality is done through ritual and we shouldn't put that word or rather give that practice over to um religiosity or other groups because it's really an internal
0: thing yeah i mean rituals can be you know mostly when people think of rituals or speak of rituals it's you know those those big events on you know the full moon mm-hmm. or the new moon right. or with um you know the turning of the year or whatever no rituals are in the you know the smallest things like my mm-hmm. morning routine i mean a routine basically is a ritual because yep, you're doing absolutely. the same thing absolutely like my morning routine is you know my cat wakes me up or, well, my my alarm clock wakes me up and my cat makes sure that I get out of bed because, you know, he wants food and he won't stop till I give him food. Yep. You too, Tim. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I feed my cat. I put out my coffee. I take a shower. And when I get out of the shower, I just, you know, drink my coffee and get ready for work. That's my morning routine. That's my morning ritual. If I have to, you know, if I have to rush that, if I have to, skip certain steps because like, I don't know, I'm running, running late or, you know, traffic or um, like recently major, uh, major train accident happens. Unfortunately, Mm. that's, you know, it, it disturbs my routine. It disturbs my ritual. And I can't like, I can't start the day that the way I wanted to, and I have to like kind of, Work a little harder on um, getting to that level of satisfaction. Uh, to you know, just have a good day at work, and you know, it's 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 the small, the small things. I mean, yeah, the great rituals are, yeah, they're epic. You know, a bonfire, uh, you know, by the full moon at you know the summer solstice. Yeah, that's epic. That's really powerful. But, you know, like just in a relationship, because that's, you know, that's what it is. It's uh, it's a relationship, a relationship with yourself, a relationship with, you know, with your surroundings. It's the small things that's that really matter. You know, you can you can take your girl out for, you know, a big movie night and dinner and this and that. And, yeah, she's going to appreciate it. But if the rest of the time you're just you're being a dick. Like. What is it? What is that one big day, what does that matter? What does that do? Yeah, it's some temporary relief like, oh, he can be sweet. He can be a good man. But if you're just, if you're kind to her, if you're kind to, you know, it doesn't even have to be your girl. It can be family. It can be, you know, it can be your pets. If you're just kind to them, if you do little things throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year, that means so much more, and in the end, it'll add up to you know one big thing, and that's that's something that um, I mean, it is it is talked about a lot in the um, in the occult circles, in the pagan circles, that you know, a ritual it can be a small thing, and those small things do really have a uh, a impact, but you know, it it, it bears repeating anyway, because it's true you know and it's it's often that those little things have even more of an impact than the bigger things because they mean more they you know they're more more personal to you yeah that's that's great
1: and and to add on to that um there's an expression um i think Taoist: um how we do one thing is how we do everything and so when we uh, maybe it's the start of the day, or maybe it's another kind of thing. But when <clears throat> when we set a tone in, in, and when we have a ritual, and through that repetition, we're able to refine the tone, right, we are able to refine maybe the qualities of how we do everything, right, because how we do one thing is how we do everything. Um, yeah, uh, again, young people, uh, adolescents—they don't want to hear that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's true. It's really true. You know, like uh, how we take on energies is gonna be displayed for all to see in every situation. Um, and when we start, if we fake things a certain way, and and you know, another uh, martial lesson. That is also a situational lesson and metaphysical lesson in regards to acting, right? Don't react, right? That uh, that's what that's what we want to not do, um, because mm-hmm. when we react, we're acting. That's not good, and we're acting again. And so, just to play on the play on the words of that, neither of those things are good. We're acting like not being real again (laughs) um and and the very attribute of that word is saying that we're we're subject to what the opponent is doing right and we're maybe even late right because with a reaction there's an action before that that came first so we might be late Um, um don't react but respond um, and so, like, in, in, in martial arts, you can see maybe the uh, application of that thought. Um, and also, walking on the beach, um, we don't want to, if we see trash and we react to it, no, I don't like that. Um, instead of responding would be picking up the trash, you know. Um, yeah, it would be the responsible thing to do. Exactly. 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 Ah, and so bonding yeah, yeah, yeah. to the world is a, mu- well, and our internal world um, is a much better way to deal with things and situations. I mean, you you can see. Uh, and let's take out the martial aspect for a second. The person who is reactionary, they're they're kind of hostile vocally, you know, right? Like you don't yeah. want to be reactionary. Like, oh, what's can I tell you something, and will you respond? do know, you never ask hey what's your how would you react to this <laughs> like yeah like what's the bad thing you might do to this is what that's saying um yeah so, so a response um is optimal
0: over react yeah and i like this uh this comment from uh, from joshua the branch um about yeah. the you know the name of uh, of god and that's uh so the name for Jesus in Hebrew adds a sh to um, right. well Yahweh, which makes or forms Yeshua or Joshua or so, and I like this one. The name for Christ is the Panzergrammaton because it adds that that other layer, the fifth element very of cool spirits. That's very cool.
1: I, I appreciate all of that, and I, I've seen the Shen being put into the middle of the Tetragrammaton to form the creative salvation energy of the Christ. And also the fifth element of the Christ, actually, we see this displayed in his symbol that we know him for. He is crucified on the cross. And this this is dark uh, symbology, but if we get past that exoteric exploration of that symbol into the esoteric we have you affixed to the four elements of this planetary system and we are center to it and we are that fifth ethereal element that blossoms out of the floor of the four um so yeah he's he's on it a hundred percent
0: yeah and uh what we talked about on the um the previous podcast that we did, if you take the cross and you, you know, you fold it up, you fold the ends together, you get that that cube form, mm, which right. we, you know, we still do, uh, do see a lot, which is in, uh, mostly in reference to Saturn where we get Saturday from the day of the Shabbat because it's yeah. not. It's not Sunday. Like Sunday is, yeah, it's in reference to you know the sun, the sun as U N or sun as O N of God. But Saturday was or is the um, the day of the Sabbath, ruled by Saturn, who is, um, and you know, twenty fifth of December, the supposed uh, birthday of Christ in uh, in Roman paganism. There was Saturnalia, the festival of Saturn.
1: And I've seen um, aspects um, where you know you one could interpret Christianity as being solar, um, and Islam as being lunar, and yeah. and Judaism as being planetary, um, um, in in the way that they worship uh, totality. Um, not that they don't each have different aspects of those integrated but but um, islam is lunar um and their symbol is the star in the moon or one of the symbols um yeah. and, and christianity is solar and and uh hebrew uh, judaism is planetary um in their in their orientation not not that their soul aspects are made up of. yeah
0: no of course so that's there there you have the um you know the the universal trinity mm-hmm. again and that's yeah that's that's fascinating
1: and one thing i get into um in the book is uh of course um in in homage to uh hermes trismegistus um i i explore a bunch of his archetypes pentanjali among them um and the meaning for the tr- the thrice great is similar to actually the um, Taoists also have um, an idea of the uh, three orientation where there is um, the master is the ruler of the the priestly um, the kingship and the philosopher right so um, uh, in the Taoist terminology that's heavens, earths heaven earth and man um and yeah. so um uniting these is is the kind of universal unsaid fourth um and so the the Trismagistus, the the master um is is uh the master of these three realms um the earthly the heavenly and the human psyche
0: And he is the fourth one that's... It's the unsaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The fourth is the unsaid. Um, um, Yeah, okay. Trismegistus, even in his name, potentially, illustrates this idea in that there's the three overt and there's the unsaid fourth. Um, And uh, uh, back to Carl Jung, who explored the psyche and the great history great history of wisdom teachings um he would frequently say there is three but where is the fourth if there is three where is the fourth he he said this so many times that there's different ways of paraphrasing or or, or quoting him yeah. um, um but this is this is an element of uh self-development and in comprehension of reality that there is or practically wherever there's three, there is an unsaid fourth.
0: Yeah. I've I've heard that I've heard those uh those kind of things before that four like it's three plus one, so That's it's right. the one right. above, and uh you know, same thing with nine and ten, like nine is the divine, so ten is the mm-hmm. one above, six and seven, six is you know very powerful seven is said to be the divine it's one above six um you know that's and seven
1: has that too with eight 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 is the unsaid aspect with with the seven system uh system is yeah. seven parts there's often enough another unsaid
0: uh eighth aspect and and eight also being the um the infinite like if you turn the 8 on its right. side you get the infinity symbol absolutely and and this is not a western idea i believe that's
1: from india that this relationship with the 8 and the inf- infinite
0: um is is originated might might be i'm i'm uh trying to you know well um, i just need to point out that it
1: is a worldwide uh real symbological relationship in that sense
0: yeah you know which goes back to um you know to weird weaving the the threats of fate we're all connected somehow we're all connected in a way like that's why the um the powers that be are you know trying to disconnect us you know at that right. that's six foot apart because it is uh said that you're um, your aura or the, the toroidal fields around you, um, you know, stretches up to six feet in front of you. That's why, for example, if someone comes up behind you, you get that, you get that mm-hmm. feeling, you cool. feel like there is someone there. Yep.
1: I, I call that perimeter, perimeter awareness, right? Where, where I, I don't know how I knew someone way over there was looking at me, but, When I look, there they are staring. Yeah, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah, Um, it's it's, Sometimes it
1: can be it can be larger. It can be expanded when, especially through martial arts, when you're attuned with your surroundings, six feet and beyond. (laughs) People will notice that you're attuned, and they're like, "Oh, I don't. i I give him fifty feet." (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, the 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 applications for four are endless. Uh, another illustration of the, um, and I I mentioned this for the pagan history of it, not necessarily in your part of the world, but nearby anyway. Um, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the reason why there is in Ireland, there's the uh, uh, the three-leaf clover. What's it called? And the four-leaf clover. Right. Um, yeah. And, and the the three leaf clover is kind of like the Trismagistus. Right. It has the overt trinity. Right. Yeah. It has the trinity of the Catholic Church they presented and a couple other corresponding trinities. They related because they wanted to um, have the pagans that were the former popular uh, uh, belief system or practice there. Oh, go. Oh, yeah. Well, they, this Christianity stuff, they have the Trinity, too. So maybe they're not so bad. Um, and it's and the same father, mother, uh, son, Trinity. Um, and uh, uh, St. Patrick actually, you know, he gets um, chastised for having destroyed or belittled the pagan rites there. But he also did bring the teachings to the people in yeah they were only the biblical teachings but the bishops there weren't even allowing people to read from the book right it was not only was the tetragrammaton taboo but people that weren't of a certain caste orientation you know couldn't even let alone learn latin like you couldn't look at the book you know and so these teachings were highly restricted as if they should be as if they had something. And so, yeah, that and it's was like part of the fascination that they employed that there maybe there's something there was because of this overt um, hardship that they put on people. But, um, but so the fourth aspect in that Trinity is you, right, is is the individual um, coming forward. Yeah. And again, the church really did not want that. They didn't want the people developing beyond a certain stasis.
0: No, because that would mean that, you know, they lost power over them. That's, you know, if you have that knowledge, if you can acquire that knowledge for yourself, um, as you you know, as you mentioned earlier, why would you still go to church? Yeah, you no. Know, why? Why would you still listen to your like listen to the priest, listen to the, the, the deacon or, you know, whoever is performing the, uh, the sermon, you know, if you And I think that's maybe that is one of the reasons why, um, well, it's called mainstream Christianity is um, is taking a tumble at the moment because um, you know the information it is widespread, it is easily Mm -hmm. available, and uh, a lot of churches they. Well, they they go along with the uh, the woke crowd now, if you will. And, you know, uh, to the point that um, I've mentioned this uh, a few times before, but it's just so it's it's so dumb, it's almost hilarious that during the uh, the whole COVID era whole COVID pandemic, I mean, I guess we could call it an era like, you know, BC is now before COVID like you you'd see banners hanging from the church like jesus won't save you get the jab it's like yikes <laughs> but like yeah, doesn't that go against everything that and also a,
1: a lot of the church's orientations orientation now is to obtaining wealth and being
0: wealthy yeah this is like this is totally not i church- mean if- if money is the root of all evil then why yeah. are you always asking for money like i know you have like the upkeep of the church and all and things cost money you know we we get that and that's that's perfectly fine but it shouldn't be about that like it should be about the teachings right it yeah. should be about the teachings of the bible it should be about the teachings of of god or of the of the christ or but you know it, it is still um it is still fascinating it is still you know a very fascinating religion oh this is this is bad Seen, seen politicians <laughs> refer to the the jab as salvation well there you go
1: and you know you know actually but since we're on that topic you know what no one put forth elderberry uh, no one put oh. forth the idea of having elderberry integrated into one's diet let alone vitamin C, but elderberry—they have white papers on how it does the same thing that the that supposedly the jab does did, which was make the cellular structure super slippery so that the viral uh, uh, virons couldn't attach and replicate. So, mm-hmm. el.
0: Elder- oh. Oh, really? Does it? Ethan, are you still there? You kind of broke up for a minute. I'm not sure if it's my connection or his connection. I am... No, I am good. I am... Enough bars. Elderberry, Elderberry released to Saturn. That I didn't know. But Elderberry, I mean, uh, Firefame my fiance keeps going on and on about elderberry when she's feeling a little a little down a little less oh that's less funny ah Not there funny. we go you're back
1: sorry about that as soon as I start talking about elderberry
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're yeah talking too much truth the uh, that's, that is the gr- strange
1: I got to admit um, I, I was gonna add I'm uh, on to elderberry um, manuka honey is also um, an immune booster um for especially the uh uh respiratory viral infections
0: yeah no uh firefay she she swears by elderberry like okay. uh, especially in the um the uh, like the the autumn and winter months mm-hmm. when you know people do tend to get a little a little cold or a little sick like whenever yep. she feels as much as a sniffle coming up she'll you know she down elderberry and, yeah makes, um, it, makes an amazing difference uh, i've
1: noticed i haven't gotten sick in years and uh, uh, just from elderberry in in like you said the spring and fall i, I don't even have it that much um uh, there is an expression in taoism or chinese medicine um for a healthy winter eat berries in the spring and then i don't think they had elderberry in china but but for a healthy uh. winter eat berries in the spring that's funny that's yeah yeah,
0: that's a good one i mean i'm I'm quite a you know quite a jog workouts not gym rat if you will and uh you know the the saying is that uh summer bodies are made in the winter because it just Mm -hmm. it takes like uh first of all like it takes that long like it just takes Mm -hmm. takes that long and I guess same thing too with elderberries you know if you start building up your immune system beforehand and by the time yeah you know it needs to fight you know going yep. back to the uh, little back to the the martial aspect it's ready it has those you know it, it is it is guarded it is good it is strong and yeah so you know as similar. much
1: as much as we are brutal and tough Beings, we're also little berry pickers too.
0: <laughs> yeah, hundred, hunter gatherers.
1: Yeah, we're we're great. We're looking for berries. You know, we love them. <clears throat> yeah. No, that's cool. That was a great uh, addition by by uh, those gentlemen. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's been a while since he's been in chat, but he is uh, he always comes with uh, with good stuff. I've had him on um, the the rock series as well um you got uh, joshua the branch can put a lot of things in uh in perspective from a um a orthodox christian or christian view um but yeah it's it's all this is this is really this is really awesome and you know just goes to show that there is so much that we we still don't know or that you know we think we know but just goes so much deeper and all going back to just the number four like so yeah. many things you can can relate to it and i i totally get your well obsession or fascination mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. with it i i totally i totally get it you know uh, like yeah I, and it, it's my obsession, and it's
1: an inspiration for me as well and I've learned so much in um orienting the ideas that are four specific and four related um and w- w- seemingly not necessarily related themselves but these diverse branches um but when you bring them together uh they they i find they're um even more formidable tools,
0: yeah. Mm yeah which is why i'm so so happy that you uh you asked asked to uh to come back on the podcast no, thank you. No, uh, thank you. i mean we're we're close to uh well hour and and 50 minutes in this has gone on way longer than i yeah. expected it yep. but it's uh it's, man it's been it's been absolutely great it's always uh, it's always a pleasure having you it's always a pleasure here
1: Likewise. You I, as, I appreciate uh, what you're doing and giving me a platform and also, uh, all the collective lessons that you're bringing to the world, uh, um, in regards to paganism and uh, otherwise.
0: So props, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, before we wrap it up, um, where can people find your, uh, Where can the people find your new book? And is there anything else that you are currently working on?
1: Um, I'm working on an article that, you know, right now, um, collectivism versus individuation, which will be real simple. And it kind of says, says the meaning right there. Um, But no, I just finished up the fourth initiation and um, kind of, you know, step away from writing any new big projects for the moment. Um, But I'm on all the, social media platforms and pretty pretty easy to find and i always appreciate communication if anyone wants to
0: reach out awesome i um i should have most okay. of your links in the description cool. and um, i will definitely keep an eye out for uh has the has the book been released already yes or is it yes released? four four i released it yeah i released
1: it what is yesterday here four four oh of
0: course. of course. What <laughs> what other date would be appropriate? Yeah. Uh yeah. Awesome. So, um it is on Amazon then. Yeah, it's right? on
1: Amazon and yeah. elsewhere I believe. There are, might be other places it's available, but Amazon and so forth.
0: Okay. So, uh for all the people watching, all the people listening, if you want to get obsessed with the number 4 as well, uh or just, you know, ha- um have some great esoteric uh, lessons metaphysical knowledge uh check out Ethan indigo find him on all the socials uh check out his books on Amazon or just you know wherever they they sell books I'm sure um yeah. they are there and if not go request them it is absolutely worth it um Ethan again thank you very thank much, you so much for for, yeah. uh, for coming on I've had a blast um Luckily, I was able to uh, to say a little more this time instead of just sitting here sitting. Uh, that, there was lying. Great, that was a great bill.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yes, so uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for uh, listening. Don't forget Thanks, to uh, like, share, subscribe. If you're listening to on to this on the audio platforms, give us that sweet five star rating leave something nice um yeah thank you all and until next time bye guys peace